This podcast replay is brought to you by EJDconstruction.com. Call Eric at EJD Construction at 305-433-4843. They do it all, residential or commercial. EJDconstruction.com is the custom home builder and general contractor you can trust. 305-433-4843. All right, there he is. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was uh, just talking about it before you came on, and, you know, we've been so uh, kind of a blitz-happy team and all that stuff, and I thought it was, you know, there wasn't anything real earth-shattering from that press conference yesterday, but there were a couple things that I like of his point of views, and when asked about blitzing, he kind of like was, you know, because I heard some guy describe uh, on another show that, you know, oh, it's an attacking style, and it's really not. Ben Albright kind of explained it, that it's more of a a bend-don't-break defense. It forces you into mistakes, those kind of things. He likes to put pressure more with his base and that he, you know, he'll use the blitz. But he kind of explained yesterday that it's not one of those things that I have to use it, that that's a bad thing, it seems like. In a way, he kind of phrased it like, it's not a good thing that if you have to blitz all the time. Well, it's not an issue of, of having to blitz all the time. Let's be honest here. And I know I'm going to I'm gonna step into territory here that's, that's not necessarily your favorite because I know you hate Flores and all that. But when the Dolphins were doing it and doing it well in 2020 mostly and then some in 2021, that defense was very, very effective. And it wasn't the fact that they were blitzing every down. It was that they were showing the threat of the blitz practically every down. Um, but they were still one of the most. They were one of the heavier correct, blitzing teams. Correct. But even when they weren't coming, they were showing you they were they, that they might be coming, um, and they had the personnel to do it. What it what that style does, it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on your two starting corners. And the Dolphins were lucky enough to have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, which last year they didn't have. So sometimes it didn't work out that well. Um, there's something to be said for the bend but don't break, uh, but you have to be as you're requiring the offense to be very good in its execution for a lot of plays on a drive, you also have to be very good in your, in your execution coverage on a yeah, lot of coverage. And coverage and all that. And you're not generally yeah. speaking, maybe not going to create as many turnovers as the blitz happy style is. Um, look, there's a happy medium for both. And if you have the players ultimately it comes down to the players. I mean, I, I know all that you, you don't necessarily just win with a scheme. Chances are the Dolphins could have gone away from blitz happy in 20 and 2021 and still have produced good results with the personnel they had. Um, well, know. it depends. I mean, 2021 is kind of a, we can argue on that one because they didn't really get results when they played the good teams in the first half of the season. They really chewed up their stats when they played the bad teams in the second half of the season and they won all those games. The defense was not helping them in the first half of the season in 2021. They also with a crappy offense. So um, anyway, no, bottom line is, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and Fangio's had success more, most specifically with San Francisco in the early 2010s. And then with Chicago, particularly Chicago, in 2018 yeah. when he was an FL assistant coach of the year, when he had Roquan Smith in the middle of that defense, which is still to me a massively big missing piece for this defense yes yes and that that's 
you know, everybody's talking about, uh, well, will Buffalo bring back the Edmonds boys and will they, will Miami have a shot at one of them, you know? And so uh, it's, gonna they're, they're going to have to fight. Huh? He's going to yeah. be pricey. But, but that, it, that's, that's the only place I think where they would have to spend money is at that middle line. But like people talking about Saquon Barkley and all that, no, they're not going to do that, bro. They're not spending, they don't have the kind of space. Plus, Greer has no track record whatsoever Correct. of spending high picks or big money on running backs. Correct. None. None. He has zero interest, I believe, in spending money on big on, on, on big money on backs or spending a high pick on a back. I really do. It looks to me like he is dead set on finding middle round backs or I, I actually don't think their running backs were a problem last year. They weren't. And that's what McDaniels also is used to in San Francisco. San Francisco never had High pick, right? I picked that running back until they traded for Christian McCaffrey, uh, and right. McDaniel was exactly. no longer there. When they when he was there, it's you look at the list of their yearly rushing leaders, and it's like fifth round pick, seventh round pick, rookie free agent, and all that. So it's so he's made when it Shanahan work. when Shanahan lost Terrell Davis, which by the way he was a wasn't he a later round pick anyway? The sixth round pick, I believe. Right. He then got Orlandis Gary and. Uh, and Gary Anderson, right? Mike I think it was Mike the, Anderson. Mike Anderson. Mm -hmm. And they were, I think, late round picks, or maybe even one was a free agent or whatever. Mike and he was your DFA. Right, right. And so, it, like, you think about it, you know, and that's kind of who they've been. You know, in Washington, they got the FAU kid in the sixth round and milked him, right? Didn't, didn't Shanahan have him there? Didn't he? Wasn't he the Shanahan, one of the Shanahan guys? Alfred Morris, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, wasn't wasn't he used under Shanahan? And he was like a six yeah. round pick also. In that time, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that's kind of been in their bloodlines overall until the McCaffrey move, you know, this past year. Normally they just don't do it. And Greer has kind of been the same thing too. You so look at the free uh, agents. The other thing. What's that again? I said look at the free agents they signed at running back the past several years when they yeah. signed. It's been Jordan Howard, Malcolm Brown. Uh, Chase Edmonds draft Miles Gaskin, Correct. draft um, um, Drake Kenyon Drake, and oh, the was it third, 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 third round? But that's pretty high, that's a pretty high pick for them, actually. Yeah. I, that's yeah. that's that's about the highest they go. Kalen Balaj was what fourth, yeah. But so maybe they're still like, having they're still having nasty flashbacks from the last time they they spent as high as a second round pick, which was Daniel Thomas in 2011. Yeah, yeah, and that, that didn't was, pan uh, out. No, that didn't pan out. That didn't pan out. That was a different coaching staff in those days. Yep. Um, but anyway, the other thing that I liked and it reminded me and pissed me off of what I saw from Josh Gaddis this year from the Canes. I don't know how much you follow it, but. The, the moron inherits a spread offense and he comes from Michigan and all of a sudden he pulls a Jimmy Johnson bullshit. Well, I just got here from Dallas. Let me run the Dallas offense with the Dallas, without the Dallas offensive line and without the Dallas running back. And, you know, he thought he could run that power running offense and he just didn't have the talent. And, 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 and I thought Gaddis did the same thing last year. He kind of went to a power running offense, eliminated the spread, his quarterback, thrives on the spread actually he's more of a spread quarterback than he is and so he had to then come back and fix it throughout the year and add more elements of the spread to help his quarterback out and help his offense that couldn't score points 
Fangio said yesterday, and I think that this is a product of once you, you get somewhere, you're not going to have every piece you need. And sometimes you're going to inherit some pieces that you just can't get rid of right away because of a contract situation. It's going to take you a year or two to kind of funnel some of these things out. Mm -hmm. And I thought what he said, we're going to tailor the offense to the talent we have. To me, that was another thing that I liked about what he said instead of coming in and I'm going to, hey, put the square peg in the round hole. I mean, isn't that, the, excuse me, isn't that the essence of good coaching? You maximize what your players do well, minimize what they don't do well. Um, Amen. So, but they don't all do that. They don't all do that. Sometimes, no. I'm sorry, Tony, rest in peace. Sometimes you grab a running back who's really a pass catcher and you, you're you dead set on making him a running back. And it's like, yo, bro, come on, dude. Let's go. That's not who this guy is, you know. And, you referring to? and I've seen this over the years and with different coaches. That's all I'm saying. No, no, it, it can happen. And but if you look at the base, generally speaking, Fangio's played a three-four base. That's what the Dolphins used last year, you know. Right. And within that, it's just there are different ways of doing things where you can clearly see that some guys are better at doing. Like Christian Wilkins, his biggest ability is crashing the, the line of scrimmage on running plays, and he's you know Commander TFL. He's not necessarily a, like he's not Aaron Donald as a pass rusher as a defensive line. Then again, I mean, few people are, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so logically, you kind of build around what he does best, and then you do that for as many players as possible to maximize what you have. Again, to me, that's not exactly reinventing the wheel. And you know, there's a reason Vic Fangio's been around for quite a while, and why he was in demand. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's you know, it's watching. I explained it earlier before you were on on that. I love that because. I've watched Spo have different basketball teams and he's adjusted to the different teams, you know, and then I can, I can always pull the old man card. You know, I watched, I watched Shula with greasy Zonka kick, you know, all that. And then I watched him with Woodstrock and then I watched him with Marino, yep. same bullshit and all that. I know I always have, but I, I use Spo as a, a recent thing, you know, because he's had different types of teams. Hell one year with, the blood clots and, and uh, Bosch that he would come back and leave. And he mm -hmm. had to switch up the offense like three different times throughout the year. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's what a great coach does. Oh, this is the kind of team I have. Okay. We got to run this now, you know, and we were so used to that with Shula. I, I, I think I wanted to mention it because, you know, you just said it, it's elementary for any coach, but I want to say that I appreciate that because I don't think it happens with every coach, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where sometimes, you know, coaches will drive you crazy with, you're going to stay with Jacoby Brissett and two is still better, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, fair enough. I, I, I would probably, I had to get a flow shot in there, by the oh, way. No, yeah, trust me. I saw that. I kind of like skipped over it. Uh, I, I would think would think and suggest it happens more often than not. And those who are adamant about sticking with their system, more often than not, eventually wind up running into problems. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, give me something else you liked from the press conference or didn't like from the press conference. It was, I'll be very honest with you, it was cookie cutter. He didn't say anything. Of course. Uh, right. I, I'll give you I'll give you the, the, the one I uh, like. You, you knew there wasn't going to be anything earth shattering from it. So Pretty much, I mean, yeah. come on. Um, the one I the one I did like was when he was asked like is this the, does this have the makings of a Super Bowl caliber defense and he said can we get a one practice in I thought, I thought that was funny and then I yeah. said 
I suggested, I suggested, okay, well, let's wait until after the first practice and then ask him immediately first question. So what's the answer? Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, you guys should bust his balls that first week. All right. You've had a couple practices and is it a Super Bowl caliber team coach? You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll get a laugh out of something like that. And I'm sure he'll understand that it's uh, it's, it's all, all in fun. Um, dude, what was I going to, I was just going to tell you something now that I, Oh yes. The other thing that I thought again, nothing earth shattering, but still kind of funky from the whole thing is he has no relationship with Mike McDaniel, like none. No, but we knew that. So, I mean, the, the, I, mean I, I know, but, 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 but to hear it, you know what I'm saying? Just to like to finally hear it. And what I mean by this is this really bodes well, because if you watch the Philbins of the world and the, and the flows of the world, and we watch guys that struggled to build, you know, staffs, uh, that's one of the things that I would tell the Dolphin Nation. Hey, man, you got a young coach that clearly knew how to build an offensive staff. And now in his second year, he has to kind of tweak things. And we all kind of heard that he was going after this guy. And now you hear it. And now you really hear that they, ha they really have no relationship, which that shows you that at least McDaniel has developed a certain reputation that others will gravitate to. And so I think that that's a good thing, too. So that that sign there of having no relationship, but yet still acquiring the man, I think that bodes really well for McDaniel. Without question, understanding that there were several factors as well, including including one important factor that wasn't mentioned in the answer. Sorry? The agent, you mean? Come on. Let's, well, let's the money, uh, no, no, no. The let's money. Be honest, let's end. be honest, Big O. Let's be honest here. It, here's the thing: is on the one hand, yes, absolutely. If he didn't have respect for what Mike McDaniel has done, and from what he's heard and what he's seen, if he didn't respect what the guy had building, he wouldn't have joined the door. If you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, gonna go to Sean Payton, the, the, if you're gonna the, sit the, there, the, Big o, the Walmart people had the money. The Walmart people had the money. But if you, if Come you're on. gonna sit there and 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 completely gloss over the financial considerations of the deal. I mean, that's being a little naive. I mean, come on. No, I get that. But my, I think the money would have been there in Denver. Easily. They would have paid him the four and a half the report, million. The reports are, the reports are he's the you're, highest you're paid, assistant You're paying the head coach $18 million. Why wouldn't you pay the defensive coordinator four and a half? Walmart is like, yeah, dude, here, I got that in the couch. Here, you can have it. Okay. That's nothing. I I, I I don't know why we're haggling over this point, but here's two things. Number one, there's the reports. You brought, brought up the money making it a big I issue. I did, but you're the one who's fighting me on it like it's not valid. Yeah. Number, one, number one, he's reportedly the no, highest. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm just saying it would have been anywhere for him. The money, but it was, and, and and that's the point that it wasn't. And the other the other issue with going back to Denver, he just while it's not the same ownership group, he just got fired by their by that team two years ago. Okay, so. It's one of those where it's like I don't want to like I don't want to diminish the reputation, the respect Mike McDaniel has around the league. I don't also don't want to sit here and say, well, look at Mike McDaniel; he's incredible; he can get any coach he wants because everybody wants a coach for him. I think that's a no, little, but I like little. No, little no, bit, no I'm not, I'm not saying that any coach. I'm just saying it, it, there there has to have been some respect there because and, he's and just I, not without question, without question. Yeah, it can't be just about money, like. Like, dude, Indomitian Sue came here for what? Money. 
Come on. He didn't come here for any coach. Mike when Walsh they asked him about when they asked him about why yeah. he came here, he said, "Well, because they're progressive." I remember the quote. Yeah. He didn't say they won. He didn't say it was a great franchise. He didn't say it was an amazing coaching staff. No, no, it's a progressive team is what he used. But he it's can't like, say yeah, he no, can't say it's about money, even though everybody knows it's about money. There's there will never be. I think was I think it was one free agent. I may have been in basketball, and I can't remember who it was who literally said, "Well, money was kind of good." And I was like, "Dude, mad props to you for being the first and only guy to have the balls to say what everybody knows." Because in a you lot got of short memory, sorry, you got a short memory. What is that? A Miami Dolphins said it was about money this year. You got a short well, memory. Dude, he said he said 18 different things about I've seen 18, 18 different things. You know, you know who I'm talking Tyree, about? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill said, well, he when you guys cornered him, he said, Well, you know, Florida has no state taxes, and in the end, it made good business sense, or I'm paraphrasing or whatever. He gave it up in yeah, the no, end. Yeah, okay. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Actually, so props to him. Props to him for being for being legit about that. Yeah. Omar Kelly won't remember that, but I'll remember that. Why is that? He's got a bad memory. If you haven't figured that out with Omar, we have figured that out on this show. He has a terrible memory. <laughs> no, but the thing with Tyreek is he said to him because there was always that it came out. He wanted more catches. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, stuff. ultimately, you know, he he has said that sometimes it was ultimately Kansas City didn't pay him, and Miami did, and New York offered it, but he would have still made more money in Miami than New York. And he said, right. "I'm coming to Miami because I'm making the most money, and that's what I want." Props so, for the yeah, honesty. There you go. Props for the yeah. honesty. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to give him credit. All right. Uh, any anything else? You see, Dolphins-wise, what are you trying to track down now? What's the latest kind of news angle for you? Resignings is what it is. Is what to me is the first thing. I mean, we got the combine next week, but that's in preparation for the draft, which is a couple months down the line. The thing is, March that March fifteenth date, which is the start of the new league year, we're now less than a month away. Um, today's the first day the teams can use the free agent or transition tag. I just put up a story with a complete primer on everything that's involved with it, including including the Dolphins and why it would be a shock if they did, did they, they did anything with that. But at some point, I would expect they're going to start re-signing some of their own free agents, possibly the Christian Wilkins extension to me. That's coming. I don't, I don't know exactly when it has to happen. I would think it would come before March 15th again, so you get, you know, more cap compliant, yeah. the, the top 51 rule. Um, but yeah, it just, there, there's going to have to be something. I mean, there, there have been maybe a trickle of certain guys who have re-signed. I think that the Carolina long snapper Jansen, I think his name is re-signed with the Panthers. Uh, so th that's kind of what I have my eye on. My, uh, my eye on. It's two week. It's a two week period for the, the tag, not expecting the Dolphins to tag anybody. Um, Oh, Tua. No, I expect Tua tag. I expect the Tua tag. Yes. What you're talking yes. about is big O. Big O, Tua. Fifth year option. That's not the same as a tag. I'm talking about the fifth. You're talking oh, fifth year option. I'm talking about free agent franchise or transition tag. 
Okay, okay. All right. When's when's the fifth year option thing? It's May first or second. It's one of the first days of May. Oh, okay, so we got we got we got still uh, time for that. But you expect that, right? Because I'm I'm fifty fifty only... on it. I'm totally fifty fifty on it. Uh, I don't think. I it's think I think for that. sure they'll tag him because that'll buy them two years of trying to make a run with him without having to pay him that big ass money. So I think that that's what they'll do. And plus, he has no leverage at this point because he has to prove he has to stay healthy in order for him to get the big money. Well, and he knows that. His agent knows that. So, it buys you. Here's you know. the thing: it buys you an extra year at the cost of guaranteeing 23 million if he gets hurt. That that's yeah. the decision to be made. So yeah, uh, and I and I would take the chance because if if he was a mediocre quarterback, I don't take that chance. But because he was the number one rated passer, and you see the potentials there. Yeah, I'm going to take the chance, and I'm going to hope that he learns his freaking lesson this year and gets rid of the ball quickly, man. So let's let's hope so. Don't forget, folks, alldolphins.com. You must bookmark it. That's the only way you officially become a Dolphins fan. Anywhere in the world, alldolphins.com. Bookmark it. This man is constantly writing articles all day long. Alan, we will catch up later on in the week, my friend. I appreciate you immensely. You be good. Thank you, sir. There you go. Alan Poopart, baby, with our EJDconstruction.com Miami Dolphins report. And call my man, Eric. They know how to get it done at EJD Construction. Dade or Broward County, because I did get some of some of you uh, in uh, a little bit of hot water there. You got mad at me uh, because uh, he doesn't do Palm Beach County, and some of you were calling, and I really apologize. But Dade and Broward County. Uh, 305-433-4843. That's the owner's cell number. And we're talking about custom home construction and major home remodeling. You can go to EJD Construction's uh, Instagram page, and you can see a lot of before and after uh, work, which is just off the chain, man. You're really going to love the work that they do. They're fully insured, liability and workers' comp, so you never have to worry. If somebody gets injured on your property, they will not be suing you. If you hire people that are not insured, you put yourself at risk. So whatever it is you're looking to do, you want to build a second floor, you want to build you want to build out a killer man cave, I don't care what you want to do, a, an observation deck like somebody did. A lot of us South Floridians right now, we're trying to re-up our insurance policies. And we're finding out that they're telling us, hey, you got to upgrade your roof. Your house is over 20 years old. And... Call EJD Construction. They can upgrade that roof for you in Dater Broward County. 305-433-4843.